Just a warning, what you're about to see is a bit graphic. Welcome to the Angry and Negative Show. It is uh, Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. And, uh, well, this was supposed to be a Stanley Cup preview episode. (laughs) But that didn't quite happen yet. And the Islanders stayed alive, beat Tampa in double overtime last night, I believe. I was not watching that game because I don't care about either one of those teams. But when I went to check the score later on to see if the Islanders were limited yet, it was like, they're in the middle of the first overtime. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I turned it on and had it on in the background. I was getting some of the work done last night. But they're still alive for the time being. Yeah, sort of a pretty overtime goal, too, man. They were, yeah. Those guys were busting their ass for that one. It's all over I think it was uh, Anders Lee Instagram and... this morning. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty, uh, a pretty goal for a double overtime goal, I thought. Jordan Eberle. 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 Jordan Eberle succeeding Edmonton. Who would have ever thought? Yeah, he's having a nice little playoffs. I guess their top guys weren't... I feel like this series is kind of going the way the Flyers-Islanders series went, where their top guys aren't really showing up. There's and one then, team kicking the shit out of the other team. Yeah. Yeah. And last night, some of their top guys get on the board, and Ryan Pollock, first goal in 18 games. Travis... <laughs> sounds like Travis Konechny. Uh... Travis Kennedy doesn't score any goals, so that's the difference. I know. Jordan Eberle gets on the board with the OT winner from the captain. Yeah, I kind of want to see it go seven. Just I'm all for bonus hockey now. Uh, I want the Islanders to win just so I can Make be right in my prediction. Yeah, why not? Yeah, because and then if the, when there's no hockey left, it's just basketball and baseball and then football once a week. You're gonna be dead I, for. I, uh, I haven't at watched least three months. Yeah, I haven't watched more than ten minutes of baseball and. Basketball combined, so it's like, please it's God, like there be more actually. hockey. Well, supposedly early December they're starting it. I guess that's still the uh, idea. Yeah, it should be a quick quick couple months. You know, what are we going to have? October, November, and we're going to have the they draft said, and free agency? I, I don't think I have any of the dates on my calendar yet, but I believe draft is the second week of October. Like, during the week, it's on, like, Monday at noon or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a Monday, free Tuesday, agency, or Tuesday and Wednesday or something. Week. And then free agency is at the end of the week, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a it's busy be freaking fucking week. busy week for that week, but after that it's going to be uh, quiet for eight or so weeks until they figure out what the fuck they're doing next season. You know what I'm seeing and I'm wondering if they're going to have fans because I'm seeing leagues in Europe for soccer, they're starting to allow fans in. And it's like you know, places are open here, like bars, Is foot- restaurants. Isn't, uh, football doing that? Or at least a yeah. couple teams are doing it. Yeah, a couple teams are allowing fans. App, app, applicable. Yeah. Whatever that word is. Doesn't re- I mean, I I guess the only difference between hockey and Most of football and soccer, yeah, they, they'd be inside. But I don't know. It just seems so odd to me. Like, I know the phantoms know. are. I didn't uh, re-up my season tickets yet because I don't want to drop that kind of money if I'm not going to get be there. But they keep hounding me. They're like, make sure you re-up now so that way when fans are allowed in, because I guess it's going to be the season ticket holders that get first dibs on tickets, uh-huh. uh, if and when they can put a limited 
crowd in the audience. So like, make sure you get your tickets so you can be part of the limited audience. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. We had Mike Ionello, he's the PR guy for the Phantoms on High and Wide uh, on our last episode, and he didn't even know what was going to happen. And he's kind of the guy that needs to know so he can yeah, make yeah. sure everybody else knows. So they're really kind of playing everything by ear. And uh, it, it's not scary, but it's kind of like you don't know what's going to happen still. you know. And I think not knowing is worse than anything else because if even if the season was going to start in like yeah the needs fans i was reading they uh emily kaplan on espn had a uh insider on the financials a couple weeks back and i was reading that one and i already knew it's a grim picture but there are only half the teams that are nhl owned and the other half are independently owned teams and if they don't have fans there's no reason they even have an hl season because they're gonna lose so much goddamn money they're fucked Lehigh so, Valley is is partially independent, I think. I Flyers are involved somehow, but mm-hmm. uh, they are. I don't know what the uh, yeah, the with no TV deals for the like that. AHL. And that's the man. other thing. There's no TV deals for the AHL. They can't even go no fans and run on TV deals. The fandoms run on Service Electric around here, which is a small little cable company <laughs> that if you don't have their stuff, you can't get their channel. I do, so I can watch the fandoms, but. Uh, they're not a big company. They're not, this is not a Comcast or a DirecTV or, or whatever. This is a little fucking local company here hmm. that made no way they have more than a couple hundred thousand people. Like <laughs> They're fucked. I think I would pay to watch the Phantoms this year, man. They're going to be fun to watch. I'm I so think. angry that I'm not going to be able to go there every night because, like, this is the first time in years they've actually had a roster I was excited to watch. Yep. And uh, that ain't going to happen. Real solid top four defense pairing. They should have at least... At least two lines of legit NHL prospects, you know. Uh, I'm excited. I said it last year, too, and they kind of bombed. But, you know, the Flyers were calling people up left and right. Do you know the Flyers had uh, eight players make their NHL debut last year? That sounds about right. Does that sound crazy to you, considering how well they— I mean, I guess they had a couple of Most of these people should have made their debut years ago, actually, so it's not— True. Overly crazy. Yeah. They called, uh, let's see, Rubsov played, Frost, Turinsky, Bunneman, Kasha was called up, and who the hell would have been the other one? Friedman? No, he did beat last year. Uh, I knew about this computer sensor was going to blow up already. We just started. Mine gets hot as shit, too. Yeah, but a bunch of guys made their debut. It, it, I just found that just crazy. They gave people chances this year. They didn't give it really a sustained chance, but they gave them chances. Yeah, I loved it. And it, it kind of segues into... How, like, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with this Flyers roster. Because last year we were kind of like, you know, there's going to be some spots where guys can make the team. This year it's kind of like there's not that much wiggle room. Like there's maybe... Two tops, three spots to make this roster. Everything else is kind of already. It, this is if they don't make any big splashes in in the trade market. They, but everything I, else, even is that, kinda, that's kind of deep. Like even if they dump Braun, even if they just dump the UFAs, Braun, Thompson, Grant, and Pitlick, it's not a lot of spots. Because assumingly Bunneman makes the jump full time, the defense is going to be fine even without Braun with Friedman hanging around, 
and Moran, but we'll talk about that in a minute because boy, do I have shit to get on my chest there. But <laughs> you know, you can assuming maybe somebody like Frost makes the jump full time, or maybe Sandine if they come back, or Lazinski or Allison. Like, there's not exactly a lot of open spots. Interesting, you brought up Sandine because I think a lot of Flyers fans are forgetting about him. You're seeing a lot of Lazinski and and Allison at least on Twitter, and He's it's not the flashiest like, hey. one around. Yeah, I mean, they they signed this guy to play on the Flyers. I don't think they signed him. I I can't remember. I could easily look it up. I think he has a one-way contract. Yes. And so, like, kind of maybe like an Andreoff type scenario there. But they signed him to play with the Flyers, not necessarily with the Phantoms. So, important to remember there. And then I guess guys like Lazinski, Bonneman, and and Allison are going to have to play their way onto the team. Well, actually, it looks like he's on a two-way deal. Oh, he is on two-way. That works out, then. One year. Yeah, it looks like he's a two-way guy. Okay, that works out. Yeah, so that he can play with the Phantoms, then. Yes. He's probably still playing in Europe during all this, I guess. He's loaned over there right now, yeah. I I really hope there's an AHL season, but there's not a lot of space to make this club. A lot of guys on Twitter really want to see Allison make this team, and I kind of do too. If you think about what they were missing in the playoffs, it was that big body that, you know, can score the big goals, play in the greasy areas. People are talking about Lazinski the same way, and he was a later-round pick. Do you have the same faith that some of these other people do in, in Tanner Lazinski? No. Late-round pick. I mean, it's like, <laughs> did he really develop this much? Al- there was a lot like, of yeah. hype for Allison on Twitter, and... Uh, we had a uh, Seidel, Mark Seidel, on the other week, who sung his praises, but he hasn't been the same since he tore his ACL a couple of years ago. I see. I wanted to bring that up as well, I but I didn't want to burst still any bubbles. Still be good, but I don't know. It seems like they're putting up a lot of hype for somebody that wasn't quite able to recover. And Lazinski, I mean, he had a great college career. He's one of those guys that I don't know if he's going to make a clean jump or not. 23 years old. You'd think that he's pretty much grown into his body by now. His Six foot. Body. Yeah, his man body. Six foot one, 190 pounds. That's pretty solid. That's not too bad. No. Uh, right-handed shot. Sixth round draft pick in 2016. See, this is what I'm interested to see. You know, usually if you're a later round pick, you're you're not making the team with skill. I mean, maybe you develop more over time, but you're usually a greasier, you know, harder working player. In his 2019-20 season with Ohio State, 34 points, 36 games played. Now, so he can produce. Wade uh, Allison can... died? What? Oh, it's a different Wade Allison. All right. Iron Age guitarist Wade Allison died. Right. Come on. I was like, what? <laughs> As I read the headline. Uh, when did Jeez. this happen? <laughs> Wade Allison you know, flyers. There we go. Let's say. Uh... I forgot that I had written an article about Tanner Lazinski a couple months ago. Maybe, uh, guys, go check that out, maybe. I think I hyped up uh, all these uh, new people that are making the Phantoms roster. Hmm. There's a bunch bunch of players, so it'll be interesting to see. I I expect all the big guns to to come back. Uh, I had spoken to somebody with quote-unquote knowledge or knows somebody close to the team that said Shane Goss's bear is not going anywhere. They said they want to fully s- prepared for yeah nothing to happen. I, I don't think he's going to get moved team. either. I hope it does, but I I not 
gonna build myself up for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> I was gonna say I think people are gonna be disappointed, but maybe I should say people like me and you are gonna be disappointed because I think for the most part we're looking at the same team next year. And I think the flat cap has a lot to do with that, you know, as far as wiggle room to make, you That's know, roster moves. Though. If they don't re-sign Braun and they've already claimed Sam Rand's going to HL Purgatory, then that's still seven guys. Provorov, Niskanen, Ghost Sanheim, Myers, Haig, and Friedman. Yeah, that's if they bring back Haig. I would assume they do. I'm not I'm not convinced they do, but I'm also not convinced they let him walk either. Yeah, that's kind of the the vibe or the, the word that I got. They were like 60-40 on bringing Haig back. It sounds like if they can't find somebody to better pair with Shane Gossespierre on the third line, they'll probably bring Haig back and we'll see. Who the fuck could they find a pair with Shane Gossespierre? That's what I said too. I'm like, wait. The only if it doesn't time... work with a Haig or Braun, what do you want? The, yeah, the only time Ghost was uh, a solid player was when he played with Ivan Provorov. And guess what? You're not going to pair <laughs> those people Ivan... around. Yeah, you're not going to have an Ivan Provorov on the third fucking line. So I'm kind of like, well, what kind of player does he need? Needs they... one of the top guys in the league to carry his stupid ass around. Yeah, I mean, so I'm all for it. If they can figure out a way to... <laughs> and I saw somebody kind of laugh at this, actually, on Twitter. Somebody, somebody made the comment, too, they need to unlock Ghost somehow. And... Somebody chimed in and they were like, there's no unlocking him. This is what he is. And I'm like, yes, I agree with that 100%. At the same time, though, I'm like, let's say this guy really has been hurt, right? Like, let me – and I even hate There was enough this. of me... a spark there during the playoffs where I would at least give him a chance. But yeah, let's, I'm let's certainly not expecting hurt. anything. No. And I'm not going to sit here and – If he doesn't turn the puck over eight times a game, that's considered a success. Right. It's like Sanheim. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna turn the puck over three times, you better at least score a goal. You know, make up for it. I don't know, man. He's not gonna be a sixty-five point guy from the third line. That's for sure. That's you know the maybe he provides some spark. There. Even if he's used specifically as a power play guy, they finally give up on this Ivan Provorov bullshit. Let me put San um, Gosses Bear back up there and hope for the best. Like I don't know, maybe he'll get a couple extra points, but is it worth it for four and a half million dollars? He's really going to have to change his game a little bit, I think. And he's not you even young Bay, anymore. Like, That's the biggest issue is, like, people talk about him like he's a prospect still. Yeah. Like, he's new. Like, he's fresh. Like, isn't he, like, 28? <laughs> it is a shame, man, because he had so much promise offensively. He just couldn't put together defensively. Hasn't and been when yet, his offense yeah. dries up like it has over the past couple of years, and he can't play defense, what Worth are you doing this. back there? Yep. 27. I guess it just turned 27 in April. I guess that's not too bad. But I'm wondering if they're telling teams that they plan on keeping him so that they maybe beef up their offers a little bit. Five goals, 12 points this year. Nine goals, 37 points last year. For a regular defenseman, nine goals, 37 assists is not bad. That wouldn't be too bad. But for somebody that's supposed to be scoring 15 goals and 65 points, it's not very good. Yeah, see... uh... I wonder, and we've—I think we've talked about this in the past. I wonder if he's set the bar way too high for himself offensively, right? Because he's not a sixty-five point guy year in and year out. He's just not. When you come in and score seventeen goals your rookie season That's in true. phenomenal fashion, 
You kind of said that barb. He signed that extension the season before his 65 point year. Huh. He signed that in the summer of 2017. And then the 17 18 season was his breakout year. It was a 65 point season. So he signed that massive contract before he even hit that 65 point plateau. It's not like he signed it and then shit the bed. So. I don't know. He's he's definitely a hot topic, man. Like you can never talk about Shane Goss's bear too much. There's gonna be people that think he's good. Speaking of that, I wrote a JVR piece today. I saw that. Uh top five landing spots for JVR. Which believe it or not, it was very hard to pick five teams that would want fucking James Van Reemsdale. <laughs> but uh of course, I put a, there were quite a few people that seemed to be smart enough to understand that it's time to move him. And then there were some that weren't. And uh, the one that got me that I actually, I, I don't argue with people on Twitter anymore. It's been a lot of years since I thoroughly sat down and argued. Usually I just ignore it these days because I just don't have it in me anymore to, to yell and scream like I used to. But I need, I agree he needs to go because of his contract. But calling a guy with inconsistent minutes and random scratches a bad player after 19 goals and 40 points in 69 games a season is a little too much and just kind of dumb. This inconsistent exactly minutes and random scratches. Yeah. That's AV limiting a very good player versus him deservingly getting scratched because he's shit. According to this guy. Yeah. Be consistent, you'll get consistent minutes. I mean, he's said it before, Elaine Vigneault. 19 goals and 40 points. I looked it up. He had a 7-game goalless drought, a 10-game goalless drought, and a 12-game goalless drought, as well as two 4-game goalless droughts. 16 goals in uh, 16 of his 19. 19 goals he scored were in 16 games, is what I'm trying to put together. Yeah, there. he had a couple two two goal games. A couple two goal games. Yeah. And I believe there was one game against Ottawa where I believe he had the game tire and the game winner or something like that. But other than that, off the top of my head, I can't think of a single time any of those goals meant anything. And when you're scratched in the playoffs in favor of literally anybody else, it's not good. No. I, just, I don't. I don't get what the fascination with James and Reamsdike is. I don't understand why so much this fan base has a hard on for this guy. Why? I fucking destroyed so, my mic. They don't have anybody that is considered a goal scorer, and JVR supposedly that's what he was brought in to do. In my opinion, and I've said it a bunch of times, he's the anchor. <laughs> The Flyers don't have anybody that he can play with. And I'm not this is not me saying that they should cater to him, but if if you want to unlock his goal scoring potential. He needs to be carried. Right. He needs, he to, needs to be a, a beneficiary, a beneficiary of a line. This Correct. is the third straight year his goal total dropped, fourth straight year his point total dipped. Right. And no he's 31 he's now. He's not playing with anybody uh he's not playing with a Kadri, he's not playing with a Marner, he's not playing with a Matthews. Like he doesn't have anybody dynamic. There's not a dynamic. There's nobody on this fucking team this that roster. you can even put with him to say, "Here you go, carry this fucker." That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they have. Giroux washed Couturier's up. Couturier can't dy- do anything on his own. Voracek is 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 Jake Voracek. Everybody else right. sucks. Yep. Who didn't? I, I I need to go back. We need to go back and check every single lineup for the Flyers this year and find out who he played with and how many games he played with them. Because I feel like he played with everybody at some point or another this year. Yeah, they moved them all over the place. So even on the fourth line, a couple times. Yeah. I think he spent the majority, I would say, uh, you know, whatever percentage with, uh, that is on the third line. Lawton and Pitlick, probably. Which was which was not the design. I mean, no, I think they were... I mean, it's uh, certainly not ideal, but what do you do with the guy? Yeah. You can't... I don't know. 
I, I, I would, just like I to don't. see a line with him with Nolan with Nolan Patrick. I don't think we're ever going to get to see that, unfortunately. Good luck with that shit. Yeah. So he's kind of just there, you know. He just exists, and he's taking up seven million dollars in a league I'm, I'm, with a flat cap and a bunch of contracts coming up. I'm looking at some of your teams here, and a player like Jack Hughes, you know, eventually you give him some time to develop a little bit. He could be a somewhat dynamic offensive player. Uh, I'm looking at Ottawa Senators here. Uh, Put Detroit him and Brady Red Kachuk Wings. together. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? I think Brady Kachuk would beat the shit out of JV. <laughs> Get in the spot, you bastard! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put drop the anchor, dude. Drop it in the blue paint and don't move. Uh, the Predators were an interesting because we had Robbie Stanley on. He mentioned consistency issues and, and they were much better on paper than they were on there. And we talked about it. And he talked about people like Kyle Turris mm. who are kind of out of their own zone. You know, they're out of their, uh, you know, ideal role in them. And they're getting paid for $6 million for four more years, which is kind of like I see that. And it's like, whoa, you don't want to tie it up in there. But... If you can bring Turris in and he can fill your 3C, which you still don't have an answer to, for, you know, if you can get at least one or two good years out of him at $6 million, losing JVR would be fine because he fits the team better. It's certainly not ideal, but fuck. JVR, who just kind of exists right now. You're chopping off a million bucks, uh, At least Turris has a too. role. Yeah, you need a 3C. Worst uh, comes to I worst don't... in three years from now, hopefully everything's back to normal and you can buy Turse out of his last year if you have to. Like, there are ways around this. Even you have yeah. to get creative. And, and I mentioned in Ottawa, like, you mentioned them to the, you bring JVR to the Senators and they, here, take Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan's making more money. I believe he's 7.25 or something, but it's only for two more years. So you I'm get a you. shitty player on a worse contract now, but you get that third year free, which would be the same year that Drew and Couturier need contracts. It helps. It's yeah, not ideal, uh, but but that may be what you have to do to get JVR gone. And it's not going to be pretty. There's no scenario I can think of where you trade this guy for a net positive. But if you can get rid of that contract and find somebody who fits the team better, a.k.a. A Kyle Torres, or you clear out cap in the long term, like a Bobby Ryan, that may be the best you can take away from JVR because just having this guy on the roster eating up $7 million to play fourth-line minutes or be scratched for three more years when you have Carter Hart, Claude Giroux, Phil Myers, Sean Couturier that all need contracts between now and then, Lindblom, then what? Mm-hmm. Joel Farabee, Morgan Frost are both going to need contracts in two years. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be hard to add to the team and keep a guy like JVR. So they're kind of, unless Morgan Frost can come up and somehow have chemistry with JVR on the third line. <laughs> that poor bastard. Yeah. Here, Morgan Frost, come make your NHL debut, which you're clearly not ready for, and carry JVR while you're at it. And, and Good people luck. are quick to point out that JVR had his best season, like defensively and, and whatnot, and I get it. Like, that's cool. But like, it wasn't I, even I, that good. Like, he was fine. Right. When, yeah, granted, when you put Fine up next to most of the team that turns the puck over any chance they fucking get. Fine mm-hmm. is good enough, but he's not like... He, was, yeah. he's, he wasn't even the skill of Raffle or Lindblom. You know, two mm-hmm. wingers that are phenomenal defensively, let alone somebody like Sean Gattari or Kevin Hayes. He was fine. He didn't fuck anything up on his own end, but he wasn't great defensively. I would agree. And then you pair him up with a guy like Morgan Frost, and whoever's playing on that, that other wing needs to be 
fairly good defensively because those guys aren't going to be playing much defense. You Who's your third-line right-winger now? Farabee? Uh, yeah. And I'm not Theoretically, really if TK and Wardcheck are top of him, Farabee's your third line? So your third line is JVR, Frost, and Farabee? Not crazy about that. No. Yeah, so... Maybe uh, Nolan Patrick comes back? Here, Nolan Patrick, you haven't played a hockey game in a year and a half. Take JVR. Make something out of him. <laughs> that really is disappointing, man. Nolan Patrick. Even the comments that they came out with a uh, couple weeks ago. He's going to play at some point next season. He's and living like, a normal life, but there's no timetable yet. And I'm like, I'm like well, that's great. I, listen, on a personal level, I'm glad he's doing good. It's good to hear that he's getting back to normal or you know sure. close to it. But from sure. a hockey perspective, if he's not cleared for contact, this doesn't mean anything. Because that means he can't even come back to see where he's at yet. Like, what is going on is what I want to know. Um, like, just if it, if you know what it is, just say what it is. What? Why has it got to be a secret? That's what makes me suspicious. Why does it have to be a secret? Issues, which means it's clearly a head problem one way or the other. So who cares if you say it's equilibrium or whatnot, right? What's the difference? Or PCS well, or whatever. Like, It just seems so secretive. Yeah. And it leaves it open for people like me who like to read in and speculate. Sit here and be like, there's something more going on here. Yeah, it sounds a little fishy to me. Like, it's been... And I know we just saw this whole situation with Stephen Johns, right? He was up for the uh, Bill Masterton Memorial yeah. Trophy. He was going through some of the same things. Were but they I think, secretive with it? No, they weren't. Were he they like, exactly hey, he this guy up. may come back now, but don't get too used to it. <laughs> like, right. They didn't They didn't tease you at all. You know, oh, he's skating. He, he's going to play all year long. All year long. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher said he's going to play he's this season. Better. He's getting better. He's getting better. We're play. not writing him off yet. He'll be back. COVID was the, and um, I don't mean for this to sound insensitive, COVID was the best thing to happen for the Flyers and Nolan Patrick because they didn't have to field any any more BS questions. And then they came back. And he wasn't ready. And everybody lost their shit because they thought for sure that the two-month layover would mean that he would surely be ready because he was getting ready for the trade deadline. And when he wasn't ready, NHL people were pissed season. again. He just missed an entire year. Like, this is some Sixers bullshit, you know? You draft a guy and he misses a, an entire season the year <laughs> after he's drafted. It's like, was it what? you and, uh, was the episode with Dan Silver that came on and they floated the idea, like, they didn't take Patrick to the bubble so they don't care about him? Yeah. I don't I think it's it. I think they didn't take him to the bubble because they had a roster issue because they can only take 31 yeah. people. And they clearly wasn't going to play. Same reason they did take Sam Moran. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's uh, it's interesting. What is this here? Top Hockey League's part of conspiracy to exploit players. I saw that trending, but I didn't uh, click on it. I'll save this for after we're done. <laughs> Post $825 million class action claim alleges conspiracy among the world's top professional and amateur hockey leagues to exploit dream-chasing teenage players with one-sided contracts containing abusive restrictions on their young careers. Oh, buddy. Is this the uh, Carcillo thing? or uh, Let me click. Let me see. Huh. Uh, it's an eight-minute read, so we have a lot of time. I'll finish this real quick for you. Oh, it's locked. <laughs> <laughs> the propr- 
proposed claim, which has not been certified, alleges the overwhelming majority of players will never reach the well-paid top professional leagues, but rather spending numerous years playing for nominal sums of money, all to the financial advantage of the defendants. What? So you're going to pay your ECHL players less than you would your NHL players? Is that what they're trying to tell me there? Yeah, I have no idea. For far too long, athletes' rights in the CHL have been silent. The culture needs to change. This is the first step. Who earned $185 every two weeks for most of his junior career. Now they're talking junior career, but they mentioned the AHL and ECHL up here. Hmm. Is this like college athletes not getting paid? Is that what they're talking about? I guess. I'm very confused. I just read something about, you know people riding buses for 15 hours and getting home at two o'clock in the morning and they're like zombies for school. So I, maybe it is something like that. Hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to subscribe to the Toronto sun now, I guess to read that, oh boy. which I won't. <laughs> uh, let's see. Petrangelo, not to switch gears here, but Petrangelo has been said to possibly sign somewhere other than St. Louis. They're thinking Vegas or Toronto. I've been hearing the Toronto rumor for a while now, but Seems Toronto. Like a... I hear every player's going to Toronto. That's worth a shit. So yeah, it's hard to take any of that seriously. God, Vegas! I can't believe they got eliminated. They I got love that steamrolled by Dallas. But I hope that those there's fans so much fucking talent pain. on that team. It's incredible. Yeah, there is. Uh, you know what? I'm not really crazy for the defense. Did they though. actually like, sign they... Lanier or not? Mm, I haven't seen if they did. There was rumor yeah. that he signed a five-year extension, and then he came out and he was like, I did nothing of the sort. <laughs> <laughs> kind of cat-friendly still does not have him signed. He's still UFA. Is it me, or does he look like a monster in goal? Like, are his pads, like, the biggest you've ever seen? You know what's funny? I thought the same thing. Like, the whole point, they, they keep cutting down the size of pads, but I thought his pads looked fucking massive this He's year. He's not that big of a human being, but he looks like a fucking monster. I'm like, how are you supposed to score on this guy? When he's that big and he can move like that, you just he's can't. He's six four, two forty. Oh shit, he's a monster. That's a big dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe he needs those pads then, but his I just pads don't do know how you're massive. supposed to score on that guy. Hey, look at these pictures here. They do look big. They keep making them smaller over here too, for the uh, rules. Yeah, he's a big boy. I, I like him. I like uh, Robin Lanner. And that means Flurry can come back up the Flyers next year. For oh, $6 million dollars a year. There's going to be some moves for sure, I think, goalie-wise. I heard Pittsburgh might be looking There's so many teams that are looking for goalies and so many teams that are going to get rid of goalies. Yeah, I I'm, I kind of can't wait for the There's no way both of these start. guys succeed in Vegas. No. Flory wants to stab them with a dagger or something. Yeah, there's already bullshit. They haven't even been together. I mean, since <laughs> They've been together for back. a dozen games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's gone. Murray's probably going to move. Hurt Anderson's on the move in Toronto dangling mm-hmm. them for better trade chips. And then you got teams like Carolina, Edmonton, Calgary that can all use a goalie. I think Minnesota might shake some things up. How Are about they them signing buying out uh, Dubnik? Oh, they still have Dubnik up there, right? It's uh, I don't know what uh, he's signed to, but I heard that they were throwing around the buyout term with him. What does he have left? Oh, yeah, he always one year at 4.3 left. It's not bad. See, if it was me, if I was the GM, I would just take the hit. You got to kind of ride he- that one out. Yeah, yeah, because then it's just spread out. It's probably, what's it, like a million for the next three years or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather just take the hit. You're you're probably not going to win the cup next year, so what's the point? Who's your backup? Alex Stalock. 
He's a solid backup too. Seven eighty five K for two years. Not bad. Yeah, let them split fifty fifty and wait for the four point three to come off. We can always get the Lunguist to back apart. I don't see a mathematical way that's even possible. But there's a part of me that like would just love dollars. that. Eight and a half million this year, Lundqvist is due. Which means you can't trade him. He's 38 oh. and not good anymore. But you can't buy him out either because the Rangers are stuck in cap hell and the cap's not getting extensive. The cap's not growing. <laughs> you just, you just like gotta have to eat that. And then you have three goalies of Shostorkin and Jurgiev. Jurgiev is uh, his contract's up. He's an RFA. I can't remember another time where a team had three goalies like that. <laughs> it's been a while. Certainly not in the uh, salary cap era. Never in the Flyers era either. No, <laughs> that's undoubtedly <laughs> true. Yeah, they are kind of. They have fourteen million in space, and they have a lot of guys they got to re-sign here. Filed against three CHL leagues, alleging the league and its teams are unjustly enriched with hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue annually from young players paid well below minimum wage. I'm pretty sure the CHL doesn't have hundreds of millions of dollars. I just bought a Brandon Wheat Kings jersey while we're on this topic. <coughs> yeah. I forgot to press my cough button. I have an Ivan Provera one somewhere. Yeah, I was looking for like player jerseys and I I could only I Hard to find. a name. Bought it for like twenty bucks, twenty five bucks with tags. And then like I bought it on a Saturday and it went two days and I forgot that I had bought it. So I had like a hundred like eBay DMs, like, hey, you're gonna pay for this, you're gonna pay for this. Come on, fuck, <laughs> just lit up my email inbox. I should uh be getting my game worn Sam Ryan jersey today. That should be delivered. That's exciting. That's NHL debut. I'm also just, bought the jersey Sean O'Donnell wore in the twenty eleven playoffs. Did you really? How much was that? Uh, two hundred, I think. Some Sean sale. O'Donnell. 100%. They could use a guy like him now. Yeah, right? Goddamn right. He and Jason Smith come back and rain terror back there. Oh my God, we heard some good Jason Smith stories when uh, during one of the Settlemeyer episodes. That guy was a fucking machine. I love Jason Smith. So did I. To dude. this they day, one of my favorite like players of all time. They, yeah, they need a guy to set everybody else straight. I feel like, and I said it before the season. Sam they need like a. Yeah, they need a captain for the captains. They need someone that's not going to take any shit. Do you see John? Uh, John Scott was doing a thing about bringing enforcers back. Did he? Yeah, he went on this big tirade on Twitter about it, and uh, I don't think he's necessarily wrong, but it can't be an enforcer like mid two thousands enforcer. You can't no, have a Donald Bashir up there. That, no, that, no, those Tom days are Wilson's. gone. Matt Cooks and people like that, the last ones that even survived, they're all gone. And you can't bring them back. Nah. But you need... I would not mind the game getting a little more physical. But in the era of when these players are 18 years old and, you know, 19, 18, 19-year-old kids and they're playing like Mitch Marner, you know, it's hard to have an enforcer out there for that shit. Because they're just yeah. going to get lit the fuck up. I think it, uh, an example, the first one that comes to mind for me was... Chris like Stewart Pat... maybe one of the ones I can think of. Pat Maroon. Mm-hmm. Chris Stewart. Pat Maroon. Did it the Ryan... early days this year before he was demoted. Ryan Reeves. Tom Wilson. Yeah, I just bought they Ryan need Reeves guys like that. Time. I love Ryan Reeves, man. Uh, I saw something kind of funny the other day, though. It was talking about Vegas and... <laughs> 
whoever tweeted it, I can't remember who it was like, I don't know why they insist on dressing only 11 forwards every game. Cause like, like, like a jab at Ryan Reeves. But did you not get that? Or you didn't think it was funny? I think it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but I I do enjoy like watching him get into stuff and create problems when he's not to... on the Penguins and he's out there on a team that I kind of like. Yeah, it's much more yeah. enjoyable. <laughs> I, I wish that would come back. They need it. They need a guy that's going to police a little bit. You I know? think it'll come around eventually. I think the yeah. league is going to get too small and too fast, and then the big top guy is going to be hot commodities. You could argue that, that more players get hurt. In like in that way, I mean, you have more Brad Marchands running around, and kind of a tangent, but correct me if I'm wrong here. Brad Marchand and Travis Konechny are not in the same category. Not even close, no. And I'm not even talking about skill wise, like just in every aspect I can think of, they're not in the same category. Brad Marchand's a piece of shit. Yeah. Travis Konechny's not. He's actually not a bad dude. Doesn't get into the dirty stuff. Yeah, he talks, but. I don't think he's a Brad Marchand type player. No. So that comparison kind of bugs me. Because when well, you think about some of the They're short and they chirp. They must yeah, be Brad the same. Brad Marchand's a dirty fuck, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, TK's not a dirty player. I don't know. So it kind of irks me a little bit. And who's who's kind of the other guy that they compare a little bit? Brendan Gallagher? Yeah. I don't Which think is he's ironic. a Brad Marchand type either. How can you compare either. Gallagher and Marchand? Just interwoven with Travis Konechny. Yeah, I don't think weird... there's not another player in this league. He probably is Brad closer Marchand. to Brendan Gallagher than he is Marshawn. But... Yeah, I forget where that came up. That comparison came up, and I'm like, I don't think that anyone's really in the same so class weird, as Marshawn. You can't even like all these enforcers. Like, bunch of them are dead, <laughs> and the ones that aren't dead are fucked up. You know, you can't you can't go back to fighting four times a week anymore. No, it's you, you, we've seen the consequences. We've seen the actions and what happens. You you just can't do that shit. So in the sense of a classic, you know, John Scott six foot eight guy who's just gonna wreck your shit every night, you can't. But I wouldn't mind more physicality, more more hard nosed guys, and and they're hard to come by in twenty twenty. We talked about you know, Maroon Reeves, even potentially Chris Stewart, which was the only thing he really brought to the table as far as you know, hockey skill. Just uh, don't come by. There's really nobody in the system that could come by. Maybe that's what Ratcliffe turns into one day. He figures out how to use his big body and comes in and starts wrecking folks on the fourth line. But other than that, like, I don't even think there's anybody in the system. Curtis Gabriel's a good example. Ratcliffe's a sweetheart, man. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy. No, he doesn't even know how to hit people, let alone fight people. Yeah. So here's my kind of thoughts there. Because you don't even need to bring back the enforcer type player, but players today, they can run around a little bit because they don't have anybody to answer to. And I'm not even saying, so let's use the Islanders for an example. We'll talk about guys like Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. They can run around a little bit. You know, those are guys that like to use the body. They like to throw the body. They're physical players. They play within the rules, you know, but they're going to beat you up physically. If you're the Flyers, you need a player that's going to, you know, make those guys think twice about, you know, checking Travis Sanheim in the corner, you know, on a four check. Because if you hurt him or if you hit him the wrong way, now you have to answer to this guy. 
You know, you need to make them think twice. I think physical teams, when they come in against, and I'm just using the Flyers as an example, when they come in and they play a team like the Flyers, they already know that they're going to do whatever they want and not have to answer. We just saw two full playoff series like that. Right. The Flyers got manhandled by the Canadians and the Islanders. Right. And what's a two if what's a two minute penalty for you know doing whatever I want? Two minute. You're not afraid of a penalty. Like like think about it. You assert your dominance for a two minute power play that the Flyers aren't going to score on anyway. And there you go, dude. That's that's another aspect. Yeah. Jesus Christ! What a domino effect this is turning into. There's not a player in the league that's afraid to take a two minute penalty. Now, if I do this same thing. And maybe it's even clean, but I have to answer to, you know, I'm just going to throw a name. Yeah, if I got to answer to Ryan Reeves. No, thank you. Yeah, now I'm thinking, like, maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I don't want to wreck his shit because he's going to come back and headshot me later. (laughs) For real, yeah. And this is is legit. Like, I don't think people recognize, you know, and I I know people. So In the modern analytics era, hits and physicality isn't even recognized anymore. Right, and because maybe they want to, you know, quote unquote, watch the game in its purest form. They want to watch passing, and they want to watch goals, and they want to watch defense. I I think that would be so boring. Person. Even the Flyers' most physical players in hits, the top five were Haig, Pitlick, Niskanen, Lawton, and Braun. Were any of those guys pose a threat outside of throwing a couple checks now and again? No. no. Remember when Cot Kenemy beat the shit out of Robert Haig? Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Sandheim got manhandled by Nathan Gurby? Yeah, they need a little bit of snarl, man. (laughs) I love that one. I go back and watch it every once in a while just to fucking make me laugh. Didn't he rock Jeru's shit right before that? He rocked Jeru's shit and then fought fucking Travis Sandheim and beat (laughs) his ass. Pitlick is soft. Niskanen's elderly. Lawton Mm -hmm. makes a lot of faces, but I don't think he's ever dropped the gloves. If he has, it certainly wasn't anything incredible because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. And Braun need, is elderly as well. Yeah, they need a tougher guy. They need, and I'm not even saying Nate Thompson's the answer, but they need to find somebody that's gonna make the other guy answer for what he did. Resign Gabriel and bring him back. And that's, I feel like that's an option. That's dude. literally the only option I could see here going through the Phantoms roster. That's it. We maybe, like about I said, maybe Radcliffe, bit. but what are you gonna do there? Allison, maybe, but you would want. I want more from him than just punching dudes in the face. Yeah, Torinsky? You, yeah. You want your goal scorers to focus on scoring goals. Yeah. I think you need kind of designated guys to be like, yo, if something happens, this is this is your responsibility. Uh, Curtis Gabriel. So he came up on last night's episode of High and Wide. Mike said, Mike, Mike Ionello, the PR guy, said, it's, it's so crazy because you're watching two different versions of a person. You know, we talked to him on our show couple months back and he was a sweetheart the most genuine one of the nicest guys guy ever talked talk to. To. Yeah. he said watching him get ready for a game watching him play in a game he turns into a psychopath yeah like he's a completely different guy and i don't think the flyers <laughs> i don't think they have any psychos on their team does that make no, sense nothing like gabriel and and as somebody that watched him play this year that's absolutely true the guy's a fucking beast out there yeah, he may not, not be a phenomenal hockey player but he does what he does and he does it very well and he's one of the last people i can even think of that plays that style he does i feel like he'd be a good locker room guy why not why not even bring him up as the 13th forward or whatever you know like there was talk of him being one of the guys called up in the uh 
bubble, but I believe uh, that spot ended up going to Andrioff instead. Yeah, Andrioff, man, like... Look at all the fucking hope that did. What he is is what he is, you know? Like, I don't know, I don't know. I guess uh, AV likes the older vet guys, but I think Gabriel could be an option next year. Doesn't he, isn't his contract up? Yeah, he's the UFA. Okay, so they're going to have to figure something out there, but... God, Andrioff played 14 games this year. What? In the beginning of the season? Uh, I don't remember him playing at all. I remember getting called up, but I don't remember playing 14 games. Uh, November. Looks like he played in November, then got sent down, and then came back up halfway through December, and then left in late January. That was a signing that I was like, okay, this is for the Phantoms. I hope I never see him on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) And we did. Yeah, I wouldn't mind giving Gabriel a chance. I wouldn't either. I think you need that kind of... I would take him over Derek Grant any day of the week. I feel like him and TK would get along. Teach TK how to be a fucking physical hockey player. Yeah, I mean, they both kind of have that... Yeah, they both have the same kind of attitude. I feel like they'd play play well. I mean, they wouldn't play on the same line, but I, I don't see the harm in giving Gabriel a roster spot. And if you need him in a certain game, pop him on that fourth line. Yeah. I would. So that would be cool. Yeah, I would like to see the enforcer back in the league a little bit. And not and like you said, not the same version that we're used to seeing, but maybe like the modified 2020. I think those people that are these modified are just so few and far between. Especially new ones. Isn't Reeves like in his like mid thirties or something? He's been around for fucking ever. Yeah, who else really comes to mind? Reeves I mean, is old. Chris Stewart's old. Pat Maroon's yeah. old. I can't Maybe even think Brady. of anybody all like that. <laughs> Maybe Gallagher, but God, he's got to be in his late 20s by now, right? Yeah, even he's not getting in the fights every other game, though. Brendan Gallagher. He's 28. Is he really? Uh, how many uh, penalty minutes do you have this year? Let's see. This page wants to load. I only 20? had 29 penalty minutes this year. <laughs> <laughs> that kills that argument, dead. Hmm. Maybe Brady could... I don't think Brady Kachuk will ever be that enforcer type guy. He's going to get under your guy fucking you, skin. He's a guy that you, you'd have to answer to if something Max fucked Domi, up happens. Maybe? Future yeah, flyer Max Domi? How about that? That would. He's uh, an RFA, isn't he? Yeah. I suggested in the article trading his rights... For uh, Scott Lawton. You son of a bitch. I think it makes sense. Well, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to pay him a little bit more. Yes, they're gonna be paying him more than Scott Lawton's two point three. But so that's no, that's the benefit of having Scott Lawton right now. He's only for another year, I think. Yeah. The reasoning there was Probably. that Lawton is pretty much out of a roster spot at this point. If they don't move JVR and Lindblom comes back. Drew's still your top line left wing, or at least somewhere on the left wing. That's three left wings there. There's not a lot of room for him over there. The guy can't play center. He just can't succeed at center. That's just not optimal usage. And the right wing is essentially filled too. There's not a lot of roster spots left for the guy. You don't think he's gonna? He could play fourth line center. I mean, you could, but do you want him playing fourth line center? I, I feel just like feel like was, you're not that's utilizing him at this year. point. I don't think I don't think he's a full time second line left wing. Don't get me wrong, but no. he's much better at the wing. 
and in, in preferably in the middle six. I think anything else you're just not using him. Now, I'm not saying move Lawton. I really do like Scott Lawton, but they might have to. If you want improvement, especially at three C, which Max Domi wants to play, Max Domi uh, put up uh, 17 goals and 44 points this year. One year after coming off a 28 goal, 72 point campaign. He's got he is, the skills uh, for sure. What was his last contract here? Thought he was making between like three point one. Okay, so here's three point one. So he would get paid, but probably maybe four in the four, four or five million. Yeah. I would do it if he can come in and be a physical, gritty third line center who can put up forty four points. You know what that would tell me if they did that? That they're saying see you later to Nolan Patrick. Which if they if they, they bring in pretty much have all but done already, given these Fletcher and AV interviews over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, if they bring in a legit third line center at Sayonard and NP, unless they're planning on moving Hayes. How to much left longer wing. can they wait before they give up on Patrick? You can't go into the season again without a third line center. He's not even technically on the roster. He's an RFA. Pa- yeah, like Patrick is an RFA him. right now. Yeah, they have to. So there's some gimmick there. What is it? Uh... This player has not occurred the necessary amounts of professional seasons required for Group 2 RFA status. They are ineligible for an offer sheet. Hmm. Nobody can offer sheet Nolan Patrick. That's so too bad. I'm sure they were getting ready to line up the door to sign him. So they have his rights then, basically. They do have his rights. Until, until the deadline. Yes, till which I don't even know when that is in those days. I was going to say, which is another <laughs> thing, because usually that's like in Octoberish, I think, Novemberish, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think if they if they qualify him, he's good till December. Usually, that's right. That's right. But uh, yeah, they have the rights till the end of the summer. But uh, since no that's not a summer sign. anymore, no offer sheet. They can still trade him. I, I, or just I bring him sp- back. I want to speculate on how that's going to go. I think it's going to come all the way down to the end. It's going to be a distraction. Yeah. And I end up trading them last minute. Did I throw him in any of the uh, crazy trades? I don't think I did. That was one thing I learned writing the crazy trade scenarios is the trade value on this team is almost impossible to find. Theoretically, you're not trading Giroud and you're not trading Couturier. No matter how much I want to deal Couturier for Jack Eichel. Realistically, it probably won't happen. And then you got the three big contracts of Voracek, Hayes, and JVR, who aren't going anywhere because their fucking cap sucks. You're not trading Oscar Lindblom because the guy just came back from cancer. You're not going to be like, all right, now get the fuck out of my town. You're not doing that. And he's on a pretty reasonable contract. And you're on, yeah, three, uh, three years, three million now. And outside of that, you're left with Travis Konechny, who has value. You know, Lawton, Raffle, Farabee, and NAK would be the other ones. Yeehaw, who cares? Konechny's your only forward that has value as a trade chip. And you go back to the defense, and it's essentially the same thing. You're not moving Provorov. I doubt you can move Niskanen's contract in this economy. Gossis Bear, I wish he was gone, but realistically, who the fuck wants him? Braun, Meyer, you know, Myers isn't going anywhere. Braun and Haig may not even come back. Freedom and Moran are essentially useless on a trade market. And so Sandheim's the only dude. The Travises, Travi, are the only ones capable of drawing a return if you want to trade and throw in Morgan Frost or something. But when I was writing that article, I'm going through these rosters and I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's nobody here would actually deal in a fucking trade. Yep. I think this is going to be the team. Maybe they make a subtle move. And if there's anything... Which is what they've been alluding to at this point. 
that yeah. nothing's going to change. And, and it doesn't take a genius to look at these financials and be like, yeah, probably nothing's going to happen here. But a boy can dream, right? Yep. Yep, yep. That's all we can do. Every offseason, that's what it is. Maybe they'll make this home run trade or this home Luckily, run Luckily, with sign. being scarred by Ron Hextall, I expect them not to do anything. Yeah. So I'm, I don't, I'm not even getting my hopes up as much as I am just thinking that if you want to make a legitimate run next year, the best thing to do is find a partner and get a legitimate couple stars in here. But luckily with the, the Hextall PTSD, I'm afraid to uh, get my hopes up for anything anymore. I do for some reason think that Chuck has a, a trade under his sleeve this offseason. I don't think he's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'd be stunned if they just go through this and resign who they need to resign and then move on with their lives. I do think there's something brewing, but I don't yeah. know what it is. And I don't know if it's significant or not. But would I would you be, be hard-pressed to believe that nothing's happening. Would you be disappointed if they brought back the same nucleus and the same core players without maybe moving at least one? Only for the sole purpose of Core players as in up. not Nate Thompson and Derek Grant? Right. Like for the sole purpose of at least shaking up I wouldn't that be angry, but I'd be bit. disappointed. Because... I think it's clear you need a chain. It's you need something. You, you need... It's not even, like... The current team isn't bad. No. It just... We just watched... And it wasn't even a, an issue in the playoffs. Like, it wasn't just the play. It's not like they were firing on all cylinders and they get back for the playoffs and just sucked. You know, because the lack of goal scoring was an issue all year. The power play sucking was a thing all year. The penalty kill being wildly inconsistent was a thing all year. You need... It, it, you need a shake up there. You can go back in with this same core and say, we'll give it one more year. But how many more years can you say that? You know, between the cap space and your top guys getting older, they they are on a bit of a clock here to make something happen relatively quickly, which is where my idea of shaking up something comes, whether it's a Max Domi or you shoot big and go for a Lion A or something. You know, making up a substantial shakeup. I think is the best way to try and drag something out of this goddamn team while you can. I agree. And the part where I kind of get like, come on is where I hear, you know, we like the makeup of this team. We like the guys we got in the locker room. We're going to give it one more season with yeah. these guys. And I'm like, what, ah, really? <laughs> this I had the is, same this thing. is like, what they are. I was not even angry when the Flyers lost, when they were eliminated. But every time I hear somebody talk about the season, whether it be Chuck Fletcher or the players or AV, I get substantially angry. Just listening to them being like, it was fine. We'll be back next year. We're not going to make any. We'll try again. It's like, really, fool? <laughs> like, yeah. We're just going to do this again next year? Ah. I, I I think that they are. they need like one more guy. They need one more piece yeah. for this to work. And we saw, At I mean, least one. we always forget about Carter Hart, even myself. Like, he's he's going to dominate next year. I'm fairly confident. Uh, they need a piece, though. They need one more guy. And I think the only way to bring that guy in is if you move a piece. Yeah. You know, so I don't know who that's going to be. I'm not going to speculate. But I would like to see that move happen. I've been speculating Just to shake for things up. weeks now. His name's Travis Konechny. <laughs> or Travis Sanheim, if you want to get specific. Yeah, here's the thing. So who would you rather them... Well, here, I guess if they were to move, make a move for an offensive player, they need to trade somebody out. Because they, they're offensive... Offensively, they have every spot filled. Pretty much. Right? So I don't really know what they're going to do. 
my dream would be Brock Besser, but that's that's just not going to happen. I don't think it's Brock fun. Besser for TK. One for one makes a lot of sense. One for one, I think baby. Or gets cap stability. Flyers get a player they're going to have to pay him a seat amount of money to, but he's better than TK. Yeah. Yep. It can happen. There's a lot of uh, talk on Twitter about from from people that TK was still good, and why are we giving up on him? It's like it's not giving up on him. I'm not. Just... Yeah, I'm not. Like that's the thing. I'm not giving up on him just because I don't. There are better people out there than this Flyers roster. For some reason, this fan base, and maybe it's just every fan base, but like this this fan base holds these players so close to their hearts. For some reason, they care about everybody. Why? Yeah. There are better people out there. Konechny is a perfectly fine hockey player. But if there's a better option, i.e. Brock Besser, Patrick Lyonet, something along those lines, and you have to deal him in order to get him, more power to you. Do it! <laughs> you know? Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. <sighs> so I saw the argument that TK was having a hell of a regular season. And numbers-wise, he was. You know, he was, he was fine. He was arguably dynamic offensively some nights. If I there were only two or three people ahead of him that were actually carrying the team, and he was putting up his numbers and doing his thing, but he wasn't having, wasn't having to be the top guy, I'd deal with that. Yeah, but I don't think he's... TK's a top line player. No, I Brock think at best he's a be. very good second line right wing. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think he's the guy that's going to carry your offense. I think he was a guy that I don't want to say rode the coattails of Giroud Couturier for those couple of years, but more or less rode the coattails. You know, I don't think he's going out there and making things happen by himself. He's he's kind of being a beneficiary from the lines, and that's why when I say when you can get somebody like Besser who can create his own offense. Or a lion who can score 30 goals. You know, like, you got to make that happen. There's somebody better out there, and he's a better fit for the team. Voracek isn't going to be good forever. And quite frankly, the stretch of hockey we saw out of him from December on was uncharacteristically good. (laughs) You can't count on him playing that good all the time, especially now that he's 31, 32, whatever it is. I don't know. You just need to to make something... I'm not overreacting. Like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I brought this up on one of the last episodes. This isn't doom and gloom Dan the Flyer fan here. It's not. This is Dan the Flyer fan who wants to win a fucking Stanley Cup and who recognizes this team isn't quite good enough to get it done. And if you have to trade somebody like TK to make it happen, more power to you. You know? If if losing TK results in Patrick Line and this time next year we're on Broad Street with the fucking Stanley Cup, are you even going to notice TK isn't here? Yeah. If Line A scores 35 goals and we get a Stanley Cup out of it, who gives a shit that Travis Konechny isn't here to say dumb shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dumb stuff for me gets old if you're not scoring goals. Yeah. You can say funny things, that's great, but when you're on a 25-game goalless drought, it doesn't really mm-hmm. hold the same weight as it does if you're Marshawn, for example, like we talked about earlier. When Marshawn scores 30 goals a season, he wants to go out in there and lick people. Like, more power to you. You're a freak, but go ahead. Go on with your bad self. You deserve it. Connect me. It's like you're talking out your ass for no reason and you haven't scored in 45 games. Get your shit together, bud. That's the thing. And then it starts to, for me, it starts to become stupid. It's like, yeah. it's annoying. Like, you're getting paid to score, dude, and you're talking a lot more than you are scoring. So that's kind of why I was getting upset with TK a little bit there. Yep. Because to me, that shit's not cute. It's not cool. No. If 
you're not scoring goals, it's not it's not fun. You know, making those faces like that. It's like, come on, dude. How about you score a goal? Holy How about shit. Someone just sent me a huge resume for a podcast. There you go. Whoa, I have to read over that. Shout him out. The hell's his name? Luke Penning. Hi, Luke. Luke. I don't know if you listen to the show or not. I am your father. Uh, this, it, this feels so weird doing a show during the day. Like, I have the rest of my yeah, it's day. It's 2.42 p.m. now. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do now. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm kind of starving. I guess I'll eat. To be fair, we have been talking for like three hours now. I was supposed to do a show at one. And then we ended up talking strategy <laughs> talking for, like for like 45 minutes. Four hour before we did the show. <laughs> we do the show. Yeah, it went by quick. Yeah, we did break the hour, Mark. What uh? What's today? Middle of September. We have about three weeks, two weeks till Tuesday, NHL draft. September sixteenth. We got Stanley Cup. It's all gonna happen. Bang bang, Stanley Cup. So there's no hockey games tonight. Mm-mm. And then the game six, I believe that is game seven, whatever it is. Thursday, yeah, six Thursday, Thursday, and then probably Saturday. Then I would imagine they're going to start everything next There's Monday. A, they were going to move the uh, cup finals up to Thursday from next. I believe it's supposed to start next Tuesday or something like that. But oh, really? they were going to yeah, move it up to Thursday because they got, theoretically, we're going to get done, but then the lightning shit the bed. I think it's going to go seven. And I'd be all right with that. As long as Tampa ends up winning. I just love Barry Trotz. I, I there's I don't particularly care for any of the teams left. I haven't liked the Dallas Stars since I was a kid when Marty Turco was there. But uh, there's a part of me that really wants to see Dallas versus Tampa. I think that would be fun as hell. Offense versus defense? Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Tampa's That's probably offense most is just kicking the shit out of the Islanders. That's probably what it's going to be. And the Stars have all like all the vets, man. Ben Sagan, uh, Radulov, who I always forget about. Fucking really riding like, Anton Hudobin, for Christ's sake. Yeah, like he, like he, I feel like he's the ultimate underdog story. Yeah. So it'd be pretty cool if he got one over friggin' Vasilevsky. Islanders had 24 shots on goal through five periods last night. Yeah, they pull the flyers, man. Taste your own medicine there, Islanders. Yeah. The hits were 75 to 70. <sighs> Holy fuck. Whoever, if that game, if it goes seven, those teams are going to be beat up. Cal Clutterbuck had 10 hits. Adam Pellick had seven. Pulak had seven. Kamara had New- eight. New York having to play the Lightning on that quick turnaround was a little bit of an unfair advantage for the Lightning. And I'm wondering if it if this goes six Lightning or seven. Lightning is scary. If we're going to see that same thing against Dallas, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas went up a game or two. Dallas is a couple days off. Yeah. Yeah, Dallas yeah. is a... Uh, they're pretty good. Yeah, you're With right. Finish uh, kid. Oh, Heiskanen. Yeah, he's a beast. Oh, the other one. Cocky Berries, or the fuck his last name is. The one who keeps scoring oh. all these well-timed goals. Kiviranta. Kiv- there you go. Kiviranta. Where close. the hell did he come from? Uh, He was riding the bench. He wasn't even... He was in the box. Like, he wasn't even in games. And he came out of nowhere and scored the hat trick. Let's see. I don't know much about this kid. Stats. No. Just give me where the fuck is. He just recently started playing. Let's see. Does he not even have a wiki? <laughs> it's 24. Uh, assumingly undrafted here because it doesn't have anything. Played 11 NHL games. 
<laughs> previous to his eight games in the playoffs where he has four goals and one assist. Four more goals than TK. Yeah. More goals than Claude Giroux. Pay him five million a year. All right, let me stop before people start hating. Hating me. I like TK. I deal with him. He had a very bad playoffs, though. Unexcusable playoffs. See, that's the thing. We all want to win the Stanley Cup, but when a guy scores zero goals, I'm the asshole for bringing it up. Yep. Yep. He was in, uh, was undrafted. Came over from the Liga. Kipiranta. The Finnish Liga. Played last year in the AHL. And this year, 12 games with the Dallas Stars. Isn't that amazing? You just never know with life. And just find players in the rough. Yeah, he just comes in and scores a hat trick in the playoffs. Then he score an overtime goal or a yeah. game that sent it to overtime. Something like that. Amazing. That's a good story. I wish the Flyers had somebody that did that. Sam Moran. Bring him in. Didn't he, have say, the, didn't he have something he wanted to bring up about Moran or not? Sending him to the AHL oh, when there right, is no right. AHL. <laughs> that that yeah. had me so furious. He, like, if this was a regular year and you want to send him to the age, he's played 25 games since the end of 16, 17. So, fine. Send him to the AHL for, you know, 50 games. More power to you. That's great. Get him ready to come back. When it's not looking like there's going to be an AHL season and you're demoting him already without giving him a chance, that kind of pissed me off. He'll just claim ignorance that he doesn't know what he's doing because he's in a bubble or something, but... Because that's what he loves to do with that kind of shit. But I don't know that that one real that quote just fucking infuriated me. I just wrote some angry manifesto article about it and put it up. And <sighs> I don't think it's bad. I mean, I, you know, if there was an AHL season, it's not a bad. Let him play down there. For if 20, it was a regular year, I'd have no problem with it. Let him get his feet wet. The fact that there probably won't be an AHL and they're condemning him down there already. Very annoying. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd like to see him succeed. They could use a guy like him on the roster. Lots of buzz about Mickey Moniak being called up by the Phillies. Oh, boy. They suck. Yeah, they are. No fun to watch. I miss the Iron Pigs this year. Miss my baseball. Not that they were any fun to watch either, but the environment was fun to me. I, I can't believe it's fucking fall already. Yeah, nobody told me it was the fucking middle of September already. <laughs> like it, How did that happen? I feel like September is supposed to be at least a little bit warm. It's like legit. Like I feel it's like I'm supposed so to be nice the past couple of days. running down the pumpkin patch, drinking pumpkin spice coffee. I bought and... a couple bottles of a hard cider. <laughs> there you I, go. I can't. You got buy. a lot of farms out there. This uh, this one is a local company. I don't remember what they're called off the top of my head, but uh, they there's an orchard about 15 minutes up the road called Pappy's Orchard, and I guess they have a company that does bottling locally. Need some hard cider. 9% alcohol for hard cider. Oh, shit. Hard cider. Yeah. Cider. Yeah, I can drink that stuff, too. Maybe I'll go grab some. That'll be the next anger negative show. I'll just sit here and drink hard cider for... Yeah, because I can I can drink now. I've been having, like, a glass of wine every other night, and I haven't died yet, so I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm working my way in slowly. Nice and cool in the studio. It's uh, 66 degrees in here, or 64 when I sat down. That's right. I'm not... Sweating out my body. Yeah, I know. I'm not dying doing this goddamn podcast. <laughs> nice. Had my windows open last couple nights. I got to do that still. Just incredible. 
I can deal with this 60 degree air from now on. Especially since it's been 95 degrees since the beginning of June every day, all day. Dude, I was dead in July. Like, oh I was actually God. walking dead. I hate July so Brutal. much. Brutal. Just a... go from June to August. Like, just skip July. June I melt. August, yeah. <sighs> Yawning at 3 p.m. I know. I just, I feel like I yawned <laughs> six times during this. Oh, man. Well, anything else you want to get off your chest this week, Jimbo? Uh, no, just check out some of the new shows, guys. We've got a lot of content out there, uh, working on some articles. Uh, we have the Prospect Show kicking back up with uh, Manny of BPW Radio. Uh, is going to be involved in that star-studded cast for that show. Uh, we're going to do a mock draft the weekend before the NHL draft, so I believe that is well, the weekend before the draft. I can't remember the dates, guys. So Early October. Early October, yeah. Look, uh, look for an article early in early in the week, and make sure you check out the prospect shows. I'm tr- desperately trying to figure out who our guest tomorrow is. What the hell is his name? I'll be back uh, tomorrow with Anthony. We got Nick Alberga of Sportsnet for our continued uh, series around the NHL. This is a Leafs episode, so plenty of questions regarding the Maple Leafs. That should be a good episode. Uh, if you didn't check out the Mark Seidel interview from last week, the former Minnesota Wild scout gave some just a phenomenal show on a whole bunch of uh, prospects there for the Flyers and, and 2020 draft and, and otherwise. So a good episode last week, and uh, maybe we'll be back next week at some point. Maybe they'll be uh, Stanley Cup Final Hockey by then. Yeah, I, don't I was going to say a couple up, weeks but... in between, like anything significant going on. Yeah. I guess the Stanley Cup is kind of significant. I'll come back and bullshit for a week and talk more about how much we hate JVR. <laughs> I'm up to do that anytime. He's the anchor, goddammit. Uh, yeah, he's a fucking anchor, all right. Should be better at the bottom of the sea. I could get into a whole thing about JVR right now, but I don't want to, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll wrap it up, everybody. Till tomorrow, goodbye and good night. Get back! 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 Get back!